When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host, Rich Fay, and I'm delighted to be joined just by one player this week, but uh, a key man he is, uh, Samuel Lucas. Thank you. One man show. One man show. Not a sure. flea bag. Obviously not going to get as many um, good A West End reviews. show is on, on the horizon for you though, yeah. fear not. We'll have t- not. ticket details on their way soon. But uh, Samuel, we've had a, uh, a lively start. We're recording this on the Friday. You've been at Solskjaer's press conference and it was a, quite a lively start to the morning when uh, reports in Norway suggested that Erling Haaland and his father were on their way to Manchester with a flight due to land just as Solskjaer was about to speak to the press. You asked Solskjaer about the stories this morning and uh, What's the truth about all the Harlander? I'll try and be as succinct as possible, but uh, like like Rachel in Friends, he didn't get on the plane. Uh, he, he was he was on a plane, but apparently it was a plane to Copenhagen rather than to Manchester. He is on the break, though, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There we go. It's just like skip. This, this is what this, this is, is the goal. People tune in for absolutely. I hope hope you've watched Friends. If not, yeah, you, you sure. Know. Yeah. Uh, so. He was at Stavanger Airport, was it, if I pronounce it incorrectly? Uh, apologies for that. He got on a plane, he went to Copenhagen, but the local paper um, in his hometown reports that he was flying to Manchester. That was picked up by um, one of the outlets over here. And I, I suppose from, from our... It, it, was a, it was beneficial for us that he had a press conference coming up. Otherwise, we'd have probably felt inclined to... We were certainly checking things anyway, but there's always this inclination, do you just do a story on it without properly checking it? Fortunately, we didn't do that. We we checked it. Solskjaer came in, and I think the trouble Solskjaer had, and the trouble we had, was that he sounded so unconvincing when he was talking about it. We, frankly, we thought he was fibbing because... He has he has some form for that with injury bulletins and Romelu Lukaku was apparently injured in the summer as well. And United were... They, they had nothing to offer when we were speaking to uh, the relevant officials after the press conference and we thought they were playing dumb or, or just didn't know. But it's now transpired completely concrete, com- absolutely definite that Harland isn't in Manchester. Um, I, my airport source, who I, I flagged the, the line with this morning, they said they actually spoke to people on the flight and none of them, or most of them knew know who Erling Haaland is but said they didn't see him he wasn't on the plane so whether United and Erling Haaland come together like Rachel and Ross remains to be seen but he did not get on the plane to Manchester who knows it would be a happy ending for him but uh, I guess for Samuel I mean when we talk about the fact is Haaland's not here we're recording this now on the Friday Haaland's not in Manchester but what do you think the likelihood is that he might end up being in Manchester in a month's time? You know, United are still bookmakers' favourites to sign him. There's still there is interest for United's part to sign him. Uh, where do you stand on the matter? I mean, because there's lots of rumours he might go to the Bundesliga and that might suit him more. He's got a lot of options open. Yeah, um, 
I mean, speaking to Jan Agafjertov earlier in the week, who obviously knows Solskjaer, is Norwegian, knows Alfie Haaland, who, of course, is Erling Haaland's father, and he played in Germany, so he's got good German contacts as well. He's always felt as though uh, Haaland would, would join a Bundesliga club. Uh, speaking to someone uh, who knows Erling Haaland earlier this week, they say uh, they said to me, Jan Aga plays his tricks, and it was quite an ambiguous Statement, so I don't know whether they were just playing along or what have you. Sometimes when you're speaking to people, when, when there's when a transfer is about to happen or could happen, it, they, they decide to talk in riddles. The fact that Marcel uh, Boot, uh, United's head of global scouting, went out to watch Haaland last week, the fact that Solskjaer went out to Salzburg to meet Haaland's representatives last week, it, it suggests that there's a very good possibility he could become a United player in January and Solskjaer could have killed it last week when he was asked about his trip to Salzburg but the way he said I know what I know what Erling's going to do and what he needs to do um, although that also is ambiguous I think a lot of people interpreted that as Haaland's coming to United which he might do but he might not do it so it's 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 about as clear as mud um, especially with the whole uh, the, the flight manifesto I mean last week you had the, the flight logs being checked about the plane that went from Manchester to, to Salzburg and what have you I think I think Red Bull Salzburg are probably briefing it seems to me that Haaland United that United are the favourites I think that's partly to maybe whip up an auction I don't think anybody's quite nailed whether this reputed release clause actually exists or whether it's just an urban myth. Well, that's the irony is fans that don't know. Some outlets are saying he could be available for £20 million. Others are saying United are confident of a £76 million pound exactly, deal. Exactly, exactly. If, really... if there's no release clause, then given by virtue of the length of his contract, uh, Red Bull Salzburg's history of selling players for uh, obtaining high fees for, for good players like uh, Naby Keita and, and Sadio Mane, the fact that Haaland's 19, the fact United are interested, you, you do start to... It, it can't be that far off um, nine figures, as mad as it sounds, particularly his goal scoring on top of it. But 70 million does, does seem a more realistic figure, uh, but it just depends on whether this release clause exists or not. I think given the amount of competition and given how hot United seemed to be for him last week, that suggests that there is a release clause because otherwise... Borussia Dortmund are they going to pay 70 odd million pounds for a player I, I really can't see that happening if they do then I think a lot of people would be very surprised so it's it's one that's probably likely to go on and on and the fact that he signed the United shirt in, in Bern at the start of the week obviously that fanned the flames a little bit more as well I guess the final question for you on Haaland Samuel is if the I mean, from your point of view, do you think he is the, the player United need in January? We know how United are with transfers, and I guess maybe many fans would realise that maybe one or two is what you can realistically hope for. Um, maybe one at, at best, really. But do you think he's the player who can give United that extra firepower and be the difference maker for this top four challenge? No, they they need a midfielder or a playmaker. Um, those those have to be the two priorities. They they want a midfielder in the summer. They didn't get one. I can completely understand why. They were looking at. They are looking at Haaland because they probably do need two forwards. You'd imagine if you to count a playmaker as a forward uh, with, with Marcel Boot or Bout, however you pronounce it. Um, he's the only survivor from Louis Van Gaal's backroom staff. And when it was put to the club back in October as to why he's still around, when there are a lot of issues taken with the recruitment under Van Gaal, which 
Boot assisted Van Gaal with um, United communicated that he, he has a, a certain niche which is pretty much young players and is also Dutch players and of course Haaland is 19 um, unfortunately for Marcel Boot he, he's such a you know conspicuous figure if you ever see him at a game with his white Lothario hair you can't really miss him so he's not one of these scouts who can just hover under the radar he's he's quite recognisable but from United's perspective an ideal signing like someone like James Madison is just unattainable in January I don't think from their perspective trying to do business like that is not as beneficial as effectively taking their time get it done in the summer which is always the preferable time to sign a player in Haaland's case he is available it seems uh, there's every chance that he's played his last game for Salzburg because they've got a two month winter break as well so maybe Salzburg feels he's just got to get this one box off and it's it's just because of the, op- the opportunity has, has arisen and in fairness if, if he is available for 20 million for all the reservations you have about him given that he's only 19 he's he's plundered a lot of goals this season but in Austria at that fee it's worth a punt it's a free hit it's a little bit like with Daniel James uh, in that United paid up to 18 million pounds for him and already he's he's a 15 he's a 50 million pound player maybe more I think if if Haaland were to come it would cost about a million pounds more than Diogo Dallo so it makes sense in that in that sense but the, the issues are elsewhere in the squad and Solskjaer's aware of that as well he said he's talked about them needing two or three starters and obviously a playmaker and a midfielder two areas that they want to reinforce the two areas they need but availability is an issue in January and that and, and United's stance on that really hasn't changed very much from two or three years ago when Mourinho was manager as well so uh, if, if they don't sign someone I think it would have been negligent but they're of the opinion that you, there's no point just going out there and signing any old player and I completely get that as well because they have done that in the past and it's not it's not been thought through enough enough and uh, they feel as though their recruitment process they've, they've kind of nailed it pretty much You mentioned there Samuel that Erling Haaland may have played his last game for Salzburg and the reports they suggested Paul Pogba might have played his last game for United. Uh, MUTV even joked today after the press conference they might as well just retitle it the Ole and Pogba show because that's all that's ever concurrent in there. Was that a former player joking about it? It was Stuart Gardner I believe. Oh really? But um, Paul Pogba's uh, speculation continues. Solskjaer insisted today that he's not for sale in January so there's no way he's going to leave the club. Um, where do you stand on the Paul Pogba situation? I know lots of fans may be changing their tune on him because he has been a crucial player, particularly under Solskjaer, but the time he's had off now, two and a half months, it does seem that unlikely maybe that we'll see him again play this year. It seems to be every week that his return date gets pushed further and further back. What, what do you think is going to happen with Paul Pogba and what is the latest with his situation? I think really they, they need to get rid of him in the summer because he's a destabilising influence because he wants to leave because his resale value is, is dwindling it's dwindled a lot already from the summer because he's only played six games and he's he's taking the taking the mickey he, there's a better word to use uh, for that phrase but he is he had permission to go to his brother's wedding last Friday fine no problem whatsoever Unfortunately for him, well, not for him, because I, I, I genuinely don't think he actually cares about the grief he gets from yeah. going off and 
to a wedding or anything like that. But unfortunately for Solskjaer and United, it is not a good look when the, the figurehead of the club, the manager at half past five on Sunday says, Paul has been, quote, struck down ill now. And then five hours later, Pogba is on Instagram posting clips looking in great shape. I mean, his, his dancing moves are, are fantastic. He's got great dancing rhythm, but he's got no playing rhythm. And he's been out for pretty much the best part of four months. Uh, got injured on the 31st of August and he's only played twice since then. And Solskjaer said today as well, having previously said that he would come back in December, that there was now no guarantee that he would play before the end of the year. As I said, he had permission to go to the wedding He's teetotal, he doesn't drink, so it's not like a footballer's gone off and got absolutely leathered and come back in an appalling state. But it just does not look good when you're recovering from an ankle injury, you go away again, you come back and you're now ill. Um, he's been to he's been to Dubai, he's been to Miami. People at the club were quite concerned about some of his exercises in Dubai that he was posting. They thought he was putting too much pressure on his ankle. Two years ago, when he was doing additional fit, uh, fitness work, he was putting pressure on his hamstring. That caused him to be out for two months, and Mourinho went ballistic over it. So he's got form for that, unfortunately. The difference between then and now is that two years ago, a fit and available Pogba was the difference between United being title challengers. When he was out for that two-month spell, they dropped points, I think within a three- or four-week period. The Anfield nil-nil. 2-1 defeat at Huddersfield and then the 1-0 defeat at Chelsea and they go from level on points with City to going eight points behind City and then of course he was suspended for the derby uh, in December a couple of years ago City win that go level points clear and the title race is, is, is over and United's challenge has ended it's not entirely his fault that United are worse now um, but he's just not as massively missed as he was back then he is still the best football on that team. He's the most talented player in that in that squad. I don't think anybody would dispute that, but you are not coming away from many games thinking Pogba would have been the difference maker today if he was fit. And it's United's good fortune in a way that their succession plan in midfield has kind of started already with McTominay and Fred doing well. There are games when their limitations are still exposed. I think the Everton game was, was a relevant reminder of that. And a relevant reminder that United, when it comes to replacing Pogba, they can't get away with doing a Daniel James and just looking to the championship like for a Sean Longstaff type player. You're going to need someone established, a really good player to come into that role there. Someone who can dictate the game. And as I've said before, I don't blame Pogba for wanting to leave United in the Europa League. They might be in the Europa League again next season. He's won the World Cup. He wants to go to Real Madrid. His wife... Um, he's from Bolivia, Spanish speaker. He's always wanted to play in Spain. Makes perfect sense. But I think what has possibly exacerbated it has been the way United have indulged him. And as we saw in the summer with Romelu Lukaku, every press conference was, is he fit? No, he's injured. Solskjaer was asked that today, wasn't he? Yeah. He was asked specifically it, it was, yeah. with reference to the... Yeah, J- James Robson referred to the Lukaku yeah. thing. And I guess you, you've mentioned Paul Pogba's World Cup winner. He's got the Euros next summer. Do you think there's pressure from his parting from his side that he wants to move in January do you think that he's going to look for a move because obviously United's stance is clear why would they want to sell the most talented outfield player someone who's got to be a free figure fee sort of mm-hmm. you know they need to recoup what they paid for him and that was astronomical at the time but from his point of view you know he's got six months to obviously he's one of France's best players as well but he needs to be playing he does consistently and to be 
back to top form if he's going to have any chance of making a difference with France next summer, surely. Uh, absolutely. If, if Raiola had his way, he would move him on because he's, he's kind of behind schedule now and that he was going to try and get Pogba a move in the summer and it didn't materialise. I think he overestimates himself there. I mean, however much... I mean, Pogba didn't agitate too much. He did. He made it clear that he wanted to leave. He said so himself. He was looking for... He wanted a new challenge. It was time for a new challenge. But I don't think there's a club out there like Real Madrid that would spend £150 million in January um, after spending, I mean, what was it, well in excess of €200 million Euros in the summer on players. It, it just seems unrealistic that it would happen in January. I think the only nine-figure um, deal that's gonna that's happened in a winter window was Philippe Coutinho. And that was, I mean, that was teed up from the summer because he wanted to go there Alexis Sanchez was a big move at that time as well but because of the contract situation it was just a swap deal so there are big moves that happen in January but I think from United's perspective Pogba's perspective and even Real Madrid's perspective it just works out more conveniently if they do it in the summer purely because United don't need the hassle at the moment um, Real Madrid do they Do they? Yeah, they, they could certainly do with him but is it going to make a big difference over the next six months? Um, I, th- I think Zidane would make the case for that. I suspect Florentino Perez would be happy to wait until the summer. And Perez does have a pretty good relationship with, with Ed Woodward as well. So um, j- just because of Pogba's contract situation there, I know he's effectively got two and a half years left if you factor in the plus one uh, that United have the option on. But when you get down to two years of left on your contract, that's when the power is with the player rather than the club. And as I said, I think that's why they've got to go and just sell him in the summer. Another two players who potentially could leave next year, Trong and Gomez. You asked Solskjaer specifically about these two uh, today. Uh, Samuel and Oli said that they were both uh, Manchester United men weren't around those lines. He said they're the type of players that he wants at the club and he's, he's keen to keep them both. But uh, what do you understand is happening with Chong and Gomez? It seems like the response has been different from them since Chong was out of the team. He's come back and played really well for the reserves, whereas Gomez hasn't featured despite... Uh, well, Solskjaer says he's had an illness lately. Yeah, I, I, and I kind of knew when I had a, a quick look at my replies to the tweet what uh, fans would be saying and it was it was as expected. I mean, for someone to be ill for three weeks. I think he said it, he's been ill for three weeks He's had a bad ankle, and when you read it in black and white, it looks like he's suggesting an ankle injury is an illness. But it, it, it was hard to it's hard to believe it. Well, he's trained, doesn't he? As well, he, he trained. That that's the problem. He was at open training uh, last Wednesday, uh, the day before the, the Partizan Belgrade game. I think Gomez is passive aggressive activity on Instagram have, have pretty much confirmed what. His, his side think of what's going on uh, I, I did the story on Thursday that effectively they were unimpressed with United's contract offer uh, they have reservations about uh, the direction of the club the standard of the club as well um, Chong obviously is playing at the moment and I think he came on in the Outmar game didn't come on against Colchester but he was on the bench and was playing in the under-23s as well. But Gomez wasn't even in the under-23 squad on Monday night, which seemed pretty damning as well. Both of them can negotiate with overseas clubs in in January because they're out of contract in June. Um, I mean, I was was told back in September that Gomez's camp were 
were pessimistic about the prospect of him re-signing with United and I think if anything they're more pessimistic now than they were then it would be a shame for United he's he's an academy graduate Salford raised you've seen the pictures of him at Carrington with Nani and Ronaldo in 2007 when he was probably six six or seven or something like that uh, but if, if, he, if he wants to go then, then then he'll go and I don't think necessarily with with him or Chong either of them are a case of Paul Pogba Mark II uh, I mean the way Pogba was treated in 2012 was pretty shabby by Ferguson and uh, really did drop a clangor with that one yeah, we'll have to wait and see how their futures pan out. But uh, you mentioned there the Europa League, and it seems an eternity ago that the Europa League draw was made on Monday. United Club Bruges home and away should be a nice trip for you. But the teaser today, Samuel. Yes. United have only played Club Bruges twice before. They were in Europe, uh, Champions League qualifiers. And after the break, I want you to name the United starting 11 when they beat them at home. We'll be back okay. after the break. Hello and welcome back to the Manchester is Red podcast for Manchester News. Just before the break, I left Samuel with the teaser question and the tedious teaser from us of to name the United squad when they last played Club Bruges at home. That was a 2015 Champions League qualifier. United won the game. But who was in the squad that so day? So it's the 18 players in the squad, right. Well, okay. actually, no, we'll, we'll, we'll do 11 and the three subs. Okay. There we go. There's a compromise. Romero. Romero and goal. Darmian. Darmian in defence. Smalling. Smalling in defence. Lind. Correct. Shaw. Correct. Five out of five. Carrick. Correct. Schneidlin. Correct. <laughs> seven out of seven. He's flying Memphis through these. Memphis Depay. Yes. Uh, Who else was Rooney. Yes. Two more attackers. Yanazai. One more attacker. Matter. He's done it. Eleven out of eleven. <laughs> you say. When I asked you that question, uh, I, and, and you can both confirm that I didn't check my phone there either. But I don't know whether that's something to be proud of. No, knowing if, if you get the free subs, I'm really worried for you. Well, Fellaini came on and scored. Yeah. Sam Johnston. He was on the bench. Yeah. Used. Uh, oh, the three subs who came on. Yeah. Um, oh God. Uh, You've got one. Yeah. Fellaini came on and scored. The fact you got Sam Asher. Johnston is terrifying. <laughs> How did? I, I, no, I was covering United at that time, so it, it's kind of. Oh, we really should have made this more difficult. Uh, Matter and Young. Schweinsteiger and Hernandez. Oh, Schweinsteiger. How could we forget? What a man he is. Are you looking forward to these Europa League ties? Bruges is beautiful uh, from, from a purely touristic perspective. The, the ground's pretty good as well, quite atmospheric, very um, old style European. Uh, it's, it's quite a bit out of the way from the real hub of, of of the city but the, the city is fantastic if anyone's seen in bruges uh which is which is a brilliant film then that sells it very well and it's yeah it's very picturesque we went up the um we went up the belfry a few of us as well and got, got a great view from there and as we were coming down um a tourist who was on their way up was clutching to the rope and and really, really, really quite struggling. But it looked like they were clinging on for dear life rather than (laughs) clinging on to a rope to help their way, help them on their way up to uh, the top of the tower. That shouldn't be clinging on for dear life, hopefully, when they get to Bruges. You wouldn't have thought so, no. Uh, The other cup draw this week as well, Carabao Cup. Two more Manchester derbies to look forward to. Uh, Yeah, we're all delighted about that, weren't we? From my point of view, I think that's the most favourable draw in a weird way. I can see where you're coming from because of the big game now. So Villa, the only side they haven't beaten out of those three this season, beating Leicester. Leicester, yeah. 
Yeah, um, I, f- I think I fancy United over two legs. I, th- I think United will fancy themselves. I think particularly because United well. will mo- will play a strong side, and you can imagine yes. City will rotate more as well. Yeah, it's it's probably still a game that Guardiola will start some like Phil Foden in, which, however much it weakens City, he's he's still a brilliant player who, if anything. Cardi Bravo as well, probably. Starting goal. in the Manchester Derby, that that might um, give give Foden another shot of adrenaline to really really perform. Uh, it's it's good. It's great from our perspective having two derbies in Manchester, covering it, uh, that, and ten years on from the, the two-legged semi-final in 2010, which was just uh, yeah, a couple of humdinger of two humdingers. Those games, you had the Gary Neville Carlos Tevez dispute. There was the Tevez celebration when he cupped his ears. Craig Bellamy giving it as he always did in any game just Love giving Craig it quite Bellamy. large but then getting pelted by missiles uh, by, by United supporters which not, not condemning sorry not condoning at all condemning and then of course United had that that last minute winner I think they had three last minute winners against the City that season you had the Owen game the Rooney game the Skulls game so I think in terms of the Manchester Derby's recent history that was quite a significant season it was City's first season after the, the takeover they'd kind of like settled down they'd become more familiar with the direction they were going in they spent an awful lot of money in the summer and obviously Tevez going across uh, from United to City that was that was a huge story as well at the time so if the atmospheres can be like those games that would be great I think Chris Laser was um reminiscing about it and he said that I, I, I mean, some sports might not remember it because of their age or what have you but before the first game at the Etihad they turned the lights off completely because they were flashing a blue moon to really get the atmosphere yeah. going Both were they on ter- one of them was on terrestrial were, TV weren't they that they were the yeah then. back back then uh, the BBC I think in that season they, they got one showed, of each semi didn't they they did they had um, the first leg on, on television and they showed the final and when the blue moon came out, a red flare came out, and visually it looked so so striking. But uh, Chris was saying how you know, just the, ship, the pure darkness really did make for a nasty atmosphere because nobody could actually see what the hell was going on. And I guess uh, this is like two old men in the pub talking that. But when we talk about light shows and stuff, surely it is better just to go into pure darkness. Do you know what I mean to, to build the atmosphere <laughs> yeah, and yeah. make it more exciting and more terrifying as well? For you know, because you want a derby to be. You want to scare United in the tunnel, don't you? Make it pitch black. Make yeah. it a hostile environment. It's a bit difficult now with the tunnel club and everyone's just taking pictures yeah. of you rather than you know spitting at you or trying to you know, just raining down vitriol on you. But well, I'd love to see someone try spit through the tunnel tunnel club glass. Yeah, yeah. Not sure how that would work. You, you do get some uh, pretty. Um, uh, fiery characters around those hospitality seats. I mean, I, I remember in the Pogba game when they came back at one three two, a guy as, as defeat as they were homing in on defeat. City just started punching the seat in front of him, and of course you had the video of Paul Lake getting ahead of himself at half time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what you want to see uh, in a derby. And I guess as well after the scenes of the last derby, it'd be good if the uh, football does the talking and, and takes the headlines as well over these two. Yeah, absolutely. I thought the the last. The last derby as, a, as an actual game of football was excellent. I thought it was a really, really good contest. Um, Solskjaer, he, he said in the week, um, you know, kind of like tempered expectations, but a little bit because he said the first ten minutes he was thinking, you know, we really need to hang on here because it wasn't certainly that first ten minutes. United weren't too dominant. They had the Daniel James chance, but it was quite even that first bit of it, and Sterling got past Wan-Bissaka once. Uh, so he's at least he's not getting ahead of himself. That said, 
I think the way United celebrates the win that game, I remember Mourinho said it a couple of seasons ago after they came back from 2-0 down to win 3-2. He, he said he made a point of not going over to the fans and revelling in the celebration at all. Um, and, and he said that because a week later they lost against West Brom and of course a week after the recent derby United drew against Everton it's it's back to square one but of course in, in terms of the, the incident that happened with, with Fred and Jesse Lingard um, I think it's good that obviously City and the authorities have taken care of it very very quickly and already you, you remember the game you can't remember the guy who is you know allegedly uh, held, held the abuse at them that, that's how these games should be remembered and that's how they will be remembered if there are any um, obnoxious characters you know, get themselves on TV in the future yeah you mentioned there that a week after the Derby Triumph United struggle against Everton and Watford away this weekend how do you view that type of game because a side like Watford who have nothing to lose have been poor Nigel Pearson of course was in charge of Leicester when they beat United 5-3 is that newly mm. promoted side one of their few wins pre-Christmas as well that was that season it was yeah um, it seems like United have a lot, of, lot to lose maybe going to Sunday particularly with Chelsea playing Tottenham afterwards feels like a feels like every time United have had a chance to make up on the top four of the season they've not they've taken advantage it. of it yeah. and being a pessimist <laughs> you know Watford have their own Watford's biggest threat themselves on the counter-attack that's what United maybe are hoping for to me it's going to be an ugly spectacle or one that's very open-ended and I can't quite work it out it's two sides without a midfield I don't think United will be winning this game easily but do you um, think they'll be winning it? We'll leave that till the end. <laughs> uh, but having watched, I think I'll probably watch the second half of uh, Liverpool Watford last week. I mean, Liverpool were very, very anxious and not performing very well at all. But Watford did look better under. They missed some Pearson. sitters, didn't they? they? Yeah. Three or four, yeah. real. Uh, and obviously, you, United fans will think typically, oh, they'll put stick those chances away against United, but they won't do it against Liverpool. Um, I mean, even Emery, not Emery. Um, What's it called? <laughs> sorry, sorry, Ash. <laughs> uh, Kike Sanchez Flores had that very that similar one, one game. That one game bounce whereby yeah. they drew two two with Arsenal after being two 0 down, and they probably should have won it in the end. They had that that really really good chance right at the death. Um, obviously, they're at home as well, so I think that kind of yeah, that that leads into their favour a little bit as well. Uh, it's just one of these games that you you can't really see United winning easily. You, I think even more so going to Norwich a couple of months ago. I thought you know, this is a bit of a banana skin, but if United played well, you were confident they'd beat them. Watford have got, despite where they are in the league, uh, I think they've got a bit more about them than than Norwich. They've got some very good players. Decore last week, as as is his want, he performed against a big team. He seems to have this knack for playing well against the top six sides or, or the elite in the Premier League but he's very very quiet or substandard against teams who he should be bossing and he was very good at Old Trafford in March so you can see it wouldn't be a surprise if you know he steamrolls through the United midfield amid all the uh, recent enthusiasm about McTominay and Fred I suppose if United you know just regain form if they play like they did um, in the first 30 minutes against Spurs or, or City then then they win it in fairness to them they, they started relatively brightly against Everton last week but it was some poor finishing that, that cost them but they still weren't as incisive and it is still an issue that uh, they are reliant on the counter-attack they're 
first goal against Colchester was was via a breakaway. Yeah, United have won 11 of their 12 Premier League matches against Watford, only against Wigan. They have a better win percentage of teams they've played at least 10 times. Mm-hmm. A little caveat, all got out of the window if United lose on the weekend. So it was 20, it was a Luke Shaw game 2016 that they yeah, lost, I think. The Luke Shaw game, as, as it's known in the, the, the Yeah, Mourinho resisted giving him grief for yeah. about five games and then, uh, yeah, let, that was, that was the time to turn on him. Yeah. I also remember, was there a Schweinsteiger? It was an own goal, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the previous season, Craig Schweinsteiger. Craig Cathcart own yeah. goal or something. Troy Deeney, I think it might have been. It might have been Troy Deeney, yeah. own goal. Yeah, that was the fastest I've ever seen Schweinsteiger running in a United shirt. His his celebration at the at the end of that game that was uh, that was his highlight for United. Yeah, oh, very few. Um, yes, Samuel. Last question for you. We're in the Christmas spirit here. If you could have one Christmas present for United, what would it be? If, if you could have one, I guess it's a general chance of wish, really. From a, I guess that's what it's got to into, isn't it? God. Um, what are you hoping for? for, what, what am I hoping for from United or yeah. from a United perspective? What are United hoping Both. for? Both. Oh, <laughs> or what? Uh, from a personal... Oh, God, Jesus. I don't, uh, As a reporter, is any play you'd like to see arrive in January? And, um, from, a, from, a, from a professional and a selfish perspective, I, I would like them to see either in the winter window or the summer window, United signed James Madison, purely because I've written quite a lot about him and there is interest there and if they sign him it always reflects well on you uh, I suppose from United's perspective they're God this is such an awful question <laughs> but they're, they're Christmas present if you like but a belated one would be to go into the new year in the top four and I think if they'd beaten Everton and if they'd beaten Watford they could have been in the top four for a temporary period at least but um, I think that's beyond them now because they, they dropped the two points last week we shall see who knows Christmas might come early for you and a win at Watford might be on the cards who knows also if Rashford scores against uh, Watford he becomes the first United player to score 11 goals before Christmas since yeah. Zlatan Ibrahimovic wow. it's a record everyone's talking about these days <laughs> you can read that on the MEN later we'll be in the we'll be in the, in the spirit in that we're in the Elton John stand and he did step into Christmas fantastic I mean it's like we wrote that joke and we really haven't <laughs> I can't put that in a in a piece. I, I can't. You thought about it, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. United, just, just there, and I saw your reaction. I thought, no, that's it. That no, if United it. win well on Sunday, expect that somewhere. Maybe at the, yes. to send, just to sign off the match report. I think you've got approval there. I'll I'll, I'll keep it in mind. Solskjaer, sure it's down to you to get the win now. Samuel's cracking sign off is waiting uh, it's time for us to sign off now as well Samuel thank you very much for thank you. joining us and producer Ash thank you once again for steadying the ship and joining us all year we will be back again who knows when it's quite a packed fixture schedule for us as well are you, in on, are you in on Monday? Te- Ooh, still needs to be decided oh right. yeah that's that's a, that's, a, that's a chat for off air with, with the boss Harland, will he won't he so I'll go get I'm, I'm, I'm in on Monday but I'm, I would quite like to work from home if it was if it was oh. possible, but I will do a podcast if, if required. Um, Samuel, Ash, it is time for us to go. Thank you very much for listening to us on the Manchester Red podcast and have a very Merry Christmas. We'll see you again next time. <laughs>